This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast covering all things Ipswich Town since 2015. This is the Q&A live show. My name is Mikey Pentysmith and 24 hours after Kira McKenna, Chris Ashton and of course Andy Rolls were grilled at the, the fans forum. I'm joined by none other than Joe Fares for his, his chance to be grilled. I'm sure I'll be able to hold myself as professionally and eloquently as those guys did indeed and a really professional and elegant start from eloquent start from me because i've been chris chris ashton the rugby player of course i mean mr mark ashton who was on this very podcast earlier on today wasn't he joe he was and i have had a chance to listen to it i thought it was a so i've I've, it's been a bit of a heavy Mark Ashton heavy 24 hours for me because I was out in London yesterday and on the train home I managed to watch the entirety of the YouTube fans forum Q&A on double speed to make sure I made it on the on the train and I've had another 40 minutes of Mark today as well so yeah great like really really good really positive and I think everybody must realize this club is in a good place now and I still find it crazy how critical the Bristol City fans have been of Ashton and all we heard before he came in. Because when you when you sort of see, he hasn't really put a foot wrong, sort of so to speak, sort of especially in, in what he said and what he's done with the club and everything like that. And there was just more positivity today. Indeed, more just positivity after positivity, positivity at the moment, isn't it? Charlie D, evening everyone. Great work on the Ashton interview. It was excellent. Yeah, all, all credit goes to to Rich and and Phil Ham um, for that one. Skip intro, evening chaps. Lee Renshaw, evening all, evening everyone. Just get through some of these messages. Harrison Smith is here. FPL tractor. When you've had no CEO or some of the people we had in that role, it's great to listen to someone who knows football. You're spot on, isn't and, he? Yeah, so. that's a, yeah, that's a great point because it's not just that we've had people that don't know football. We've had somebody who's I wouldn't say not interested because Marcus Evans obviously was interested, but somebody running the club, despite having huge amounts of different different interests and different companies to run, it's the equivalent of saying to like Brett Johnson, can you make every decision at this football club? It just doesn't happen. It needs, and it always has needed a Mark Ashton here, someone of that ilk, somebody who will work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and just do everything he can to drive the football club forward. And I think that's probably... Well, for me, it's probably Marcus Evans' biggest failing that he never he never was able to appoint someone into a role which which basically allowed the club to function as a as a business, let alone a football club, just as a normal business with somebody there to make decisions on a daily basis. Indeed, Ipswich John says grilled question mark. <laughs> uh, Lee Renshaw surely rolls was toasted, not grills. Very nice. What a start, hey? Great having everyone here. Flim flam, ahoy, hoy. Bits, thank you very much. Four pounds forty-nine. Very precise. I guess that's that's probably the going rate for a pint up there, isn't it, Bits? 
that he says that he's going to he's going to watch us later. He's getting stuck into the Mark Ashley interview earlier. Legends, all of you, thank you very much. Bits. Good, good so see yeah, the three lines on there as well. Great to see the three lines. Good, good result. Well, a couple of good results for England last few days. And yeah. Tyrone Mings scoring his first goal for England. I know, I know, he left us a number of years ago, but it still makes you proud as an Ipswich fan seeing somebody like Tyrone, who we sort of helped into the game, doing so well. Mm-hmm. I think he, I think he might have scored against San Marino though, Joe. But oh, we, he did actually. But, yeah, but his first Wembley goal, definitely. That's what um, I meant. Yeah, that's what you meant. Um, so the big news out of today, Joe, um, was the appointment of Sam Williams as head of recruitment. First of all, it's great having specific people doing specific roles. And secondly, it's nice to be recruiting, pardon the pun, from places like Manchester United, isn't it? Which is high-caliber football people, isn't it? And these these are people that are students of the game that have come in, they've, they've done their time, they've worked hard and... I, and I don't know if anyone, I hope hopefully a lot of people have listened to the Mark Ashton interview that Phil and Rich did earlier today. And he says in that, that he sort of had six or seven interviews with Sam Williams. They, they've spoken to a number of people. They've been, they've obviously known exactly what sort of person they want. And, and it's been a really detailed and thorough re- recruitment process. And hopefully Sam Williams has a really detailed and thorough recruitment process going forward for our players, because last summer was a, like I said, I know we did sign some good players, but it was a bit of a mess really in how much needed to be done, maybe because of decisions from the previous manager at the back end of last season, but there was there was too much needed to be done in the window and it sort of left us left us where we are. So we just want to I'd say and listening again when they're talking about the recruitment, they're talking about there's not really a huge amount of difference between the championship and league one recruitment, which probably shows our budget and what we're looking to achieve as a football club. But yes, it's someone, someone with a great CV, somebody who's worked at the top levels of the game, worked for probably the biggest club in the world. And the fact that we've been able to get him along with Martin Purr and Kieran McKenna out of Man United to come here is a real coup for the football club. Absolutely. And do you think he'll command a recruitment room, Joe? He'll have to because no football club does not have a recruitment room, does it? (laughs) Even Chesterfield have one, I'm sure. Bits is staying with us. He's going to watch watch Richard Mark later. Good good choice, Bits. This one will be better live um, and you can enjoy that one later. Um, FPL tracks. It's really interesting that Mark Ashton often mentions people's IQ, including coaches. I hope he doesn't take the same approach for Town TV, Joe. (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> we'll, we'll see what goes on there but um yeah it's, it's there, there obviously is a we, we are recruiting professionals aren't we that there, there isn't any i know people are saying they're his mates but they're they're people he's worked with at previous clubs a lot of them but these are all people highly qualified people they're all they've all been to university they've all got degrees in relevant subjects they've all got bags of experience in those subjects as well it's you're not and and that's, that's that was what was so confusing about the coaching team that we had in place at the start of the season, play it there, and it it just never, it, it the coaching team never seemed to fit with what the rest of the club was doing. It seemed such an outlier with regards to sort of the qualifications and experience levels of the people in it compared to everywhere else. Indeed, yeah, it it's just it's a really exciting time at the club. Do you think it's a, it's a shame this sort of stuff couldn't have been done earlier? Yeah, it's it's a shame that this season. I mean, is... I mean earlier earlier under Ashton, not not just obviously it would have been great if we had game changer before that, but yeah, I, I guess it's stuff that's been going on in the background a lot. And whilst you want to do a hundred things at once, you do have to prioritise, don't you, and make sure that. There and I think until we were able to get the manager in place, effectively a manager in place that suits this new format, which is Kieran McKenna, quite clearly, I think until until you did that, you you probably couldn't really put a recruitment sorry recruitment guy over Paul Cook, could you? And things like that. So it it so we we are where we are now, and there's a, there's a lot of moving parts in it, and Paul Cook probably. Had he not done as poorly as he did, we wouldn't have got McKenna when he did because at that point he was at sort of good timing on that side with Solskjaer just previously getting sacked at Man United. So it freed him up. And 
McKenna said he was uh, sorry. Ashton said that McKenna was somebody that he'd been looking at for a long time and following closely. So it's it's all worked out for the best at the moment. It's just frustrating that this season's bar a mi- miracle run. It's it's uh, it, it looks like we're going to end up sort of struggling to get out of this division this season. So we're having to start to build for next season already. And as promising as things are looking promotion is still bloody hard to achieve and there's no guarantees when you look at the teams that are going to be in here this next year all these teams that have gone along at two points per game since Christmas Rotherham Wigan MK Dons Plymouth Sheffield Wednesday where only three of those can go up there's there's two more there Peterborough are going to come down and look strong yeah Oxford I said that there's there's good teams there's good teams going to be in this division next season it's going to be we're going to need to be at it from day one and I've got every confidence that we will be but there's, there's nothing given in this game, is there? No, definitely not. We've, we've our hands have been burnt before, haven't they? There's some excellent questions now coming coming in in the comments section. But before we get into that, everybody that's watching on YouTube now live, please do drop us a like. It makes a huge difference. Um, we want to be trending all over the country, not just not just in Suffolk and and Bristol. Um, so we'll get into a few of these questions. In no particular order, but Flim Flam says, Kieran said he wants to recruit more coaches in the summer. What roles would you want to see filled, Joe? Well, there, there was talk about a set-piece coach, wasn't there, which is, uh, I think led led on to this. So I, I, I don't know. It's difficult, really, because I, I don't know how their setup is working. You've obviously got Martin Pert as the assistant manager. You've got sort of, is it John Ashton, who's the fitness coach, but he's sort of on Andy Rolls' performance side coming into it and then you've got Charlie Turnbull from Fulham who's technically a performance analyst but it sounds like he gets involved in the coaching pitch as well so it's, it's really I'm, I say I'm not a, I'm no expert on football but I think you probably do want another at least one more coach on the football pitch because that they, they were talking about how that they, they sort of train across three pitches at times and have all the drones going above it so you just need to make sure that we have got enough bodies of sufficient quality to cover um sort of to cover it really and I guess probably the level of coaches we're going to be bringing in just purely on a financial basis these are probably people that are on sort of one year rolling contracts and for them to move their sort of themselves and their families down to the area if if they're from somewhere else that the summer is the time to recruit those so maybe we've we know we're maybe one or two short at the moment and we're just having to bide our time until the right guys are freed up to come here but I say it I think McKenna mentioned about set pieces that that's that's just one facet of a football coach and like I say just having having enough coaches to cover the set pieces to cover the all the training sessions to cover everything we need is is what it is and that's probably going to be one or two more coaches isn't it really when you look what we've got mm. indeed and just going back to the recruitment MH asked Joe with the new recruitment team where does it leave the likes of Dobro Mazzuni and Darber and Harper um I don't I don't know to be honest. I think Indarb's had a really good season at Salford, so he's yeah. he's surely someone that's going to come in with a sort of chance to make an impact at the start of next season. He's going to be given a chance in pre season because otherwise what's the point in the loan system if you go out in League Two and do really well and don't get that chance here? And maybe like in the last couple of games, Elkin Baggett's been off the bench, but does that mean that Corey and Darber can come back and be that backup centre back and Elkin Baggett can be the one that goes out and gets a senior loan next season? Mm. Would like make that, sense, it, wouldn't it? Yeah, maybe maybe even back at Salford if we can get a good relationship with them. And it seems yeah. that McKenna and Pert have decent decent relationships with them from there. But you you've just got to, like I say, you've got to try and not block the pathways, but you can't just leave it forever. Like I say, Harper, it doesn't sound like he's really excelled at mm. crew. It doesn't sound like he's done very well there at all, really. No, but it could Dobra, be a fresh fresh start yeah. for Harper, though. He, Do- Dobra's someone that could come back in and make an impact, and it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if he if he did in pre season because I think he's got the talent, but it's been a wasted mm. season for him at Colchester. El Mazzuni sort of there or thereabouts. He might get a chance before the end of the season, but I sort of read in the EADT, I, I think it's been confirmed that we have a agreement in principle or an agreed fee for Tyreek Backinson, depending on mm. whether we elect to take the option at the end of the deal. But from what we've seen so far, I think we will do. Yeah, definitely the last few games. Lee Renshaw, I've witnessed the early 80s and the 2000 European Tour, but I'm struggling to remember such an optimistic time and feel feel good factor, particularly off the field. It's the off the field stuff, but the performances have been good as well, Joe. 
Yeah. And I also think that football is just much more all-encompassing now in life, isn't it? With the internet, social media, podcasts, YouTubes. Um, you, you can't really avoid it now. We're back in sort of George Burley's day. I was, that, that's the only one I remember. I don't remember the early 80s, sadly. But I all you'd get was the Evening Star. My parents would have the Evening Star delivered and you'd devour that. But once you've read that, yeah. that's that's it really. Check to any text. Green in on a Saturday. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to phone Club Call or I'd, sort of, <laughs> I'd be grounded and sent to my room for a few weeks if I was caught phoning those sort of numbers at the cost they were. But yeah, really, all, all, you, all you did was read the paper and let's say the Green and the, the Star, try and catch a little bit on SGRFM and go from there. SGRFM, what was it? Ga- Gareth and Becker, the breakfast show on SGR. Who remembers that? Um, Ch- Charlie D, Cook's coaching choices were so random and confused, odd really given his amount of time in the game. We we keep coming back to talking about Cook, but it's just it's just one that really puzzled us. I don't think Lambert hugely, hugely surprised us, did he? Because it, it was like, oh... It, is he the right man for the job? Turned out he wasn't. But Cook seemed like a really decent fit at the time, didn't he? Yeah. Like I said, when, when we appointed Cook, the first thing I did was quickly log on to the bookies and put money on us to go up that year because yeah. at that point we were one point off the playoffs. We had such an easy running come and he just thought, well, mm. with, a, with the manager of his calibre, what he's achieved in the game, he's going to do well. And he just didn't. And I think maybe there's an element and, and sort of to be fair to Paul Cook, he's come into a job under Marcus Evans and where he was going to be in charge of everything, doing this, every, everything was down to him, working closely a lot with the owner, to all of a sudden, oh no, we've got Mark Ashton here who's running the show. We've got Andy Rolls here who's going to tell you which players are ready to play and which players aren't. We've got a recruitment team that are going to be buying players. Yeah, you might have the final sign-off on them, but really they're just having to bring players in, not over your head, but maybe the ones you don't quite want because it seemed his recruitment pool was almost limited to players he'd worked with previously and that was sort of cont- continuing on into the January window if you believe what sort of Stuart Watson was saying in the paper about wanting Che Dunkley and players like that. It's just like his recruitment only seemed to want to put that Wigan team back together from three years ago. Mm, but Bringing the old band back together. Yeah, and it was just, it, it just didn't work. And I, I say he, he came into a very different job, but I, th- I think FPL Tractor said that we probably sacked Cook as early as we could have done. And I guess the only the only other time when we could have made the change was if we just made the change in the summer and sort of said, look, this isn't this isn't mm. what we want. You're, I you're don't the think, right I don't manager think, for... I don't think that would have gone down well with the fans at the time. No, because I think the fans were really lapping up the sort of demolition man stuff and yeah. he just gets it, talks like a fan. But mm. I've, I'd say, and that would have been a risky move for them to make, but I, that was the that was the only other time you really could have done. You couldn't, you couldn't have done mm. it any other time from that. And even then, he still thought he was sacked too early. But then you hear when he talks, and I think he realises it was a bad fit by the end. Mm. And I, I missed this little wisecrack from Skip intro when talking about the recruitment of coaches, ball boy coach. Joe, you're you're a, sort of a defender of these types of questions at the fans forum, aren't you? Yeah, I, I think people make a massive deal about, oh, why, why are these people asking these stupid questions and what's the point? But the, these questions aren't asked at the expense of anything else. It's not like you've got somebody sitting there behind them who's got a brilliant question that isn't able to answer it because we we're t- having to find out about bottle tops every question got answered they stayed there for a lot longer where, where they thought then then i guess they thought they were going to be that was like nearly a, sort of an hour and a half in the end wasn't it and yeah. they really were pushing to get questions lots of, lots of bottle top um, bounce <laughs> going on in the comments here i'd like to say i had a dig on twitter last night because i was drinking a bottle of coke zero at the time sort of just put it on the table like oh i'll take this to portman road on saturday and sell it for <laughs> a load of money because people don't realise even though it's been going on forever but I, I, I say people have these frustrations they ask the questions they get the answers and I, I don't think there's a massive deal there hmm. um, Joe is it, are there any of those types of questions that you'd like to ask if if say you had like two hours to speak to the likes of Ashton and Rolls and and, and O'Leary and people like that are there any little little niggles that you have from your match day experience well, yeah, but it would be very self-interested because mm. I sit in the Bobby Robson suite, so it's sort of corporate in there. <laughs> and part of the corporate package was always the man of the match would come up at the end of the game. 
they've stopped bringing the man of the match up here and they say it's because of COVID protocols that you can't bring the man of the match up. And it's like, well, there aren't really COVID protocols. And on the next table to me, Wes Burns' mum and dad sit on the next table to me. And after the game, Wes Burns always comes and sits up with his parents. And it's like, well, the man of the match isn't allowed to come and sit up here because of COVID protocols. But Wes Burns is sitting up here. And yeah, and he's probably time, man of the match. Most of the time, he's anyway. man of the match. Right? So you might as well just stick a microphone in his hand and get him to take a photo with someone. But, yeah. And like I say, he always... Um, he always will take photos. But there's always, if there's kids or fans going up there, they'll always take photos of him and he's always happy to oblige and seems a really good guy in that respect. Mm. But it does just seem like, a, and I'm sure we've had it in sort of all areas of our life where COVID is just using as, as an excuse yeah. for yeah. for something. But if I if I were to have asked a question last night, I mentioned it on the Leveller chat, which we've got. There's, I think there's only 50 of us on there now to sort of chat on ITFC throughout the day. So if you haven't seen that, get get signed up for your two-week trial and see if you enjoy it. But the question I would have asked is, obviously it was Andy Warren spoke to Luke Wolfenden earlier in the week, and <clears throat> Luke basically said he was going to be out of here in January. Paul Cook was going to sell him. He, d- he didn't want him. And now Kieran McKenna's come in, and Luke Wolfenden is looking like the best defender in the league. And it's like, who is there, is there not somebody with sort of overarching responsibility to make sure that bad transfer deals don't happen? it would have been what I'd have liked to hear because mm-hmm. ultimately if if we'd have sold Luke Wolfenden for what we got from a million pound tops we wouldn't have got that January, maybe not even that yeah and now you wouldn't if somebody offered you three million for him you wouldn't take it and no. it's not it's not sort of massively out of the way that Luke Wolfenden was going to come in and look really good in a, in a league one team is it because he's looked good in a league one team previously and and it just seems I don't know. It was a little bit like the Flynn Down situation in the summer. I know that he had a transfer request in, but Kieran Dyer and sort of when he spoke to Statman had said that they, him and Brian Clue, got to a point where he wanted to stay. So, and then it went wrong when he met Cook. I don't know. Like I say, we we don't know whether that was Downs or Cook, but we were sort of in a position where we were having to give give players away, basically for mm. knockdown fees who are going to be worth ten times that. Yeah. Yeah, that downs one does does still sting, even though we had, we brought in decent central midfielders. Mm-hmm. This is awkward, Joe. Paul is blue. Joe for a star presenting role on Town TV. I, I think I'll let Mikey we- let, let the professionals do it. <laughs> Professionalism is yeah, Joe shape for TV. <laughs> and you're you're making them <laughs> shitloads out of build, building uh, yeah, yeah, merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Charlie D, will the Adidas deal come to an end next season? It certainly sounds like it, doesn't it? Because mm. it, it, it ends this season and there hasn't been any any talk of it. And it, when sort of asked very specifically last night about it, Mark Ashton didn't didn't say, oh, no, it's signed up. And we always hear from people talking about Adidas, oh, the kit for next season is designed last season. So if we yeah. were staying with Adidas, there would have been a kit in place at the start of this season and we haven't heard anything along those lines. So that makes you think that we will be leaving Adidas and where we go. I don't know. I say Mikey, we wondered if that was, well, I wondered if that was a hint as to where we go next year with Castore. Is it Castore? Yeah. Castor? Town, Town TV have already started kitting me out, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Castore. Yeah. Um, some people think Hummel, that'd be nice as well. Yeah. Wouldn't it? There's a Bristol city link there, isn't it? That um, Hummel yeah. is who, Presumably, Mark Ashton signed the signed the kit deal with them. Umbro, I'd quite like. They, I think they always produce some nice kits, and it sort of reminds me of my youth wearing that the double diamond on your yeah. on your chest. And I think there's always some quality gear from them. But it's, mm. I think it's it's a shame with Adidas because the, the the stuff is it is good quality stuff. The shirts are good quality, and I say I'm a bit of a football shirt collector. And when you um, when you see some sort of like the Macrons and the Joker Jomas and kids like that, they are just so the material is so poor. They're such a poor fit that they're sort of unless you've got a body like Mikey Penty Smith, you can't pull off these shirts. But <laughs> so sadly for me, I they, they don't look good on me when they look like they've been painted on. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're a baggy fit for me though, Joe. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you have to be somewhere in between us, I'd say, Joe. Although I'll I'll take any compliment, even if it's not <laughs> even if it's not really factual. 
Simpson's going to be sold, isn't he? Judging by Ashton's comments about his agent, says HCH ultimately the this is just a negotiation being played out in public at the moment as much as tyree simpson's agent might be he's he's trying to do the best for his client and we're trying to do the best for the football club and the only difference is that mark ashton has a platform to negotiate in public where the agent doesn't and it does make it a little bit unfair in in some respects. Sometimes we say so we we don't know we don't know what is going on there. But ultimately, Tyree Simpson is contracted till the end of next season. He'll still be under twenty three at that point. So if we um if if he scores twenty goals for us next season, we still haven't agreed a contract. As long as we offer him a contract, we'll be getting a fee for him, and and it will be a tribunal fee. And it might not be exactly what we wanted, but we're we're in a very strong position on that because effectively we've got another. He's he's under contract for another fifteen months, and also he'd be due, we'd be due a fee for him even if he left at the end of that. So we can't even run it down for a free transfer. So I'm, I'm sure I'm sure. Well, I hope that will get resolved. I hope he'll get some game time between now and the end of the season because I think he looked really good at Swindon. He's come back and he scored a few goals to the under twenty threes before injury. Kieran McKenna spoke positively about him. Spoke about him having sort of a couple of weeks of training now and. I, th- I think he'll get a chance. I, I, I hope he'll get a chance. I hope his future is here in the long term because he's he's certainly a player that's got something that not many have, which is that pure brute strength, but also mm. having the sort of physicality to go with it. The, he's, he's not slow. He's he's a no. and he's a good footballer as well. You, you have yeah. to be to play in that Swindon team because they they were certainly a football inside. Mm. Yeah, I do, do feel a bit bad for him because it wasn't that long ago that he was lining up for Swindon against Man City and we were really excited about him as well. But but there we are, these these things do happen in football. I think that you've covered this one really from Andy Gray on Dobra. Have you yeah. have you heard any anything? Or is it the just a case of... The heard was effectively that I think maybe their keeper got injured, so they had to sign the subkeeper got injured, so they had to sign another subkeeper and they could only have a lone E. So they've got two effective loanee goalkeepers in their match day 18, which leaves only room for another three loan players. Right. And they've got, and he's the one that keeps missing out at the moment. He played for England against England under 21s last night for Albania. Played the full 90. I didn't catch the game to know how he did, but it's just a shame because it, it seemed like that was a good move for him, and there was a lot of interest in him. And it felt like we really tried to pick the best move for him and for the club and for his development. But the loan, the loan market is like that sometimes. It's it's a really it's it's a really poor system in in a lot of ways. And mm. sometimes, like I say, there's there's people. And it's like, and I was reading on the Athletic recently about, and the agents are saying you shouldn't go out on loan. You, you you're better off not playing than going out on loan because all you can do is fail. You if if you went there and did really well, your reputation is going to be enhanced. Mm. You'd, you'd always be better just staying there and doing that rather than going out and failing. Like I think had Dobra stayed at Ipswich for the season and picked up the odd opportunities here or there, done well, did well in the Cups, he'd be in a better position than what he's done at Colchester, sadly for him. Yeah. We'll just we'll just see out we'll just see how that is come come mm. next season. But I'm sure he'll have a chance to impress in pre season. How much longer do we have Dobra for? Um, he's, he's got at least another year on his contract. Okay. Right, let's 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 go back into the recruitment because I think there's quite a few questions on that. Um, FPL Track says, I could be wrong, but he thinks Kieran McKenna said, well, set pieces needed to be worked on. He doesn't fancy a specific set piece coach. Yeah, I, I think it was just more that set piece coaching is just part of a part of a coach's job and somebody might have the responsibility for that. But at this level, maybe you just need the extra body. And even if 80% of their time is taken up doing that, they've still got 20% helping out with other things. Hmm. Uh, there was a little bit of love as well, Joe, for your club call reference. Um, <laughs> I'll start James speaking like me, I'm a club call. Just... bollocking for ringing club call when we were signing Marcus Stewart. Yeah, that would have been... Ipswich what? Town have made a new <laughs> come and 20 minutes later you're waiting for, to say the name and it's like the phone bill is at £18. But I think I did once get in trouble once and it wasn't even anything exciting about signing Marcus Stewart it was something like Neil Thompson had got injured town star <laughs> injured and I needed to find out who it was <laughs> incredible um I, I never called into club call but I did do this catch the results in Dixon's shop front window my football fix back in the day yeah 
But I, but I say X-ray. I used to sit and watch watch games on teletext where you just sit yeah. there, with pages going round, just yeah. waiting, waiting for it to go round to see if yeah. anything changes. Crazy now, isn't it? When yeah, and that now it, sometimes you struggle to watch the telly without looking at your phone at the same time. And yeah, I, and, when I was in in sick form, I was in um, cash converters and I bought a pager for ten pounds. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, pager like the wire. Good. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I thought I was in pretty big time. But it was brilliant because it, it had like a subscription to like Premier League goals on it. So every Premier League goal result, you just get sent through to me. I didn't pay for anything other than the ten pound I'd initially shelled out for this BT pager. So they, they, they were the only pages I ever received the football scores. But it was well worth it for that back in what, sort of two thousand and one, two thousand and two, when you didn't have WAP or things like that. I, I was able just to keep on top of the Premiership results wherever I was in the world. It's mm. slash Ipswich. <laughs> Daniel Hillman asks it would be interesting to see what happens if a bid comes in for Wolfenden or Burns this summer he doesn't ask He's, he says what, do you think that we might need to sell if 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 let's say this is a big if if decent bids come in for two players do you feel like there might have to be a compromise and we have to sell one yeah if, if, if they are good bids but the fact we're I know I know we're playing well at the moment and we're Sort of, I would say moving up the table, but we're lampooning ninth in the table. But ultimately, has anyone done enough for there to be a, a big enough offer to make it worthwhile? If that makes sense, what what sort of offers would you be talking about for Wolverhampton or Burns? Mm. Burns, I mean, is 20, Burns is twenty seven. Yeah. If 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 we got offered two million for him, do you think that yeah. they'd be interested? What, does, any, what would what would two what million, would two million do? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I just don't think there's a like I say, it, someone like Edmondson had he had he played all through till the end of the season, been really good, and you get four million on the table from someone, then then you think about it. But I don't think we're going to get a big enough offer for a player that's worth thinking about. We we didn't sign anyone, we didn't sign enough players with sell on value to sort of make it a problem for this season, if that makes sense. We we bought players of an age where we hope that they'd get us into the championship, establish us there and be slowly moved on. Indeed. Bits would take three million for Wolfenden. You wouldn't though, would you, Joe? You've you've been a big cheerleader of Wolfenden for some time. Well I just think that Wolfenden is the sort of player that could be worth a hell of a lot more if we were to get in the championship. I think Skip Intro makes that point mm. just there as well. That I, I remember when when we um Adam Webster, it was the January before he left, the sort of the, the January in the summer, and Mick McCarthy was still in charge, and I think there was a bid or there's interest from Everton maybe, and it was and it was sort of three or four million, and it didn't go that didn't go anywhere. And I spoke to someone at the club, and they basically said that Mick had basically said to Evans, "Look, no way you sell this guy because he's the sort of player that could be worth." 10, 15 million if you, if you keep him and you can get him fit and playing because he's got he's got everything right foot left foot good in the air strong good defender and you just you just don't want to sell a player like that because he's he's just a player that's going to be worth a lot. McCarthy leaves in the summer we sell him for three million the to Mark Ashton the year after they sell him for twenty five million to Brighton and and I'm not saying that Wolfenden is going to be that sort of level I, I, I don't think he will be but you need to make sure that you sell from a strong position and League One isn't really a strong position. No. Bits is just slot black, bag it in it. If, if only it was that easy. But if we do sell Wolfenden, yeah, maybe we'll have to make do with Ndaba and, and, and bag it next season. And then maybe neither of them will go out on loan. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. And um, Baggett, of course, is um, one of the star players in the Ipswich Academy, Joe. Ipswich asks, interested to get Joe's take on Mark Ashton's firm response to Phil on the role of the Academy. Are you feeling more reassured because there was some sort of mixed messages coming out last week a few people reading into some of Kieran Dyer's comments on on his excellent interview with Statman are you are you feeling more reassured after that yeah because it was yeah first of all smarten up the audience if they haven't seen Rich's interview yet if you haven't please go and watch Rich's interview with Mark Ashton not Chris Chris Ashton I can't even say it now um (laughs) on the Blue Monday YouTube channel um but yeah Joe what was yeah, the no, no. it it was it was what I what I hoped would hear, and me and Craig spoke at sort of decent length about this on the pre-match show on Friday, and and I and I felt that sort of for all for all the talk of there not being enough pathways, and I think that is correct at the moment because I think when you sign nineteen or well we signed two more in January really with Thompson and Backerson, when you sign twenty one senior players in one season, you're you're blocking pathways. There's no there's no two ways about that. You, it can't be helped, but I, but I mentioned on the on the pre-match show that effectively McKenna's come in and he's trimmed that squad down quite quickly, and we're now in a position where Elkin Baggett's on the bench, where Cameron Humphreys is the nineteenth man warming up with the squad, where where previously that would have been Raheem Harper and Toto Entiala, and we we seem to have cleared the pathways up a bit and. The proof of the pudding will be in the eating with regards to how many signers we make again this summer. If we end up with a squad of 25 senior players again, then there aren't going to be any pathways. But I, I don't think that will happen. I don't think McKenna wants to work with a big squad. I think we've got enough quality in it. And I'm, and some of the names that Mark Ashton mentioned today, more than I did, but I said sort of like Joe Bryan, um, Antoine Semenyo, Alex Scott, Bristol City, Gary Prober and... Mark Ashton and the Bristol City lot. I've got I've got a good record of bringing young players through, and I'd forgotten about Lloyd Kelly, who they sold for twelve million to Bournemouth, who played for mm. the England under twenty ones. Joe, I'd, I'd mentioned Joe Bryan, but um, Wes Burns was a player that came through at Bristol City as well, and that they they, ha- they they've, they've brought players through, and it's been I wouldn't say they're mo, they've, but they've they've definitely supplemented signings with academy players, and I know. I hope that that would be the case there, and I think the strength of Ashton's response is is sort of telling in that, and the fact that Gary Probert's here and doing that, like I say, Tariq Backinson, another player that has come through there and is a is a good footballer. But yeah. I know Gary Probert's very, very highly thought of in sort of by Bristol City fans. Probably the only one that they were worried about losing from my conversations with people, and he seems sort of you, you hear little bits coming out of the club that he's going to be sort of taking a role within the whole sort of footballing group of sort of the Phoenix Risings and that with regards to sort of academy and youth development along those lines. So, so we'll, we'll see, but yeah, no, it, it was, it was what I hoped to hear. And, but it was also what I thought I would hear, but I'm, I'm glad I did hear it. Yeah. Reassuring to hear. Andy Gray. Andy Gray was a 20 goal a season striker, wasn't he? At some point, is is that the priority this summer, Joe? Do you think the number one priority is a is a is that central striker who scores goals? It it, it does seem that's what we're missing, doesn't it, at the moment? And whilst I, I don't think um, I, I don't think that it's a priority that we need to get someone in who can score 20 goals, I just think we need to get a a couple of strikes and have maybe sort of three or four strike. Yeah. Finding goals across the front three. And I think, I think that's the, um, that's, that's the main point that we need. We need to score more goals, don't we? And McKenna's 
spoke about it after the game on Saturday. We need to score more scrappy goals. We score almost every, every goal we score is almost like a perfect training ground work goal. Like the Sam Morsey one, Salida clips over the top, Norwood goes in, Morsey makes his run, he pulls it back and scores. Oxford again was was a goal like that. We need a set piece goal. We need just somebody, uh, Norwood, just to finish a half chance and things like that. We, we don't have enough of that. And I think that's where we, that's where we need to improve. And I say, when you look at the caliber of signings that we made on the pitch and off the pitch, I, th- I think we'll be, we'll be aiming high with this signer there. We're not going to be saying, oh, Cole Scotton scored a lot of goals for Morecambe, let's sign him. We're going to be looking higher than someone like that, I'd say. Indeed. Neil Wilmore says, Kieran McKenna says he wants pacey players who will look at two quick strikers. Do you yeah. think? Yeah. They, they spoke a lot about the physicality, didn't they? They spoke about that into the academy, through the team, and the fact that Caden Jackson came in out of the cold, really, wasn't he? He was, he was nowhere near it and came mm. in pretty quickly into... McKenna's team. He came on at Gillingham in what was only a second game, and and he's and he was a regular sort of fixture in the lineup and the subs bench until then. And it's just that sheer Premier League physicality that he has that he can run and run and put together more high speed sprints and lower recovery times than than everyone else in the team. And I think that's what we're going to be looking for because that's such an important way to stretch the game and I think we need as was mentioned the Connor Chaplins the Bursa and Salinas to score more goals in the spaces that he creates Indeed and, and Joe and Andy Rules um, Andy Rules is that Andy Rolls <laughs> Grilled Rolls <laughs> <laughs> He he um, commented on he gave praise to the medical team obviously Caden Jackson it just made me think of it he's, he's out of the with a hamstring injury but how much of a plus is it that we have a we seem to have a medical team now that it, are all well connected and they we don't seem to be making as many risks with players anymore and when they do get injured they seem to come back. Yeah, and that has been a big problem at Ipswich over the years. The amount of players that, and it's all through Mick McCarthy's time to Paul Hurst's limited amount of time to Paul Lambert's time, where all of a sudden these players you're, you're sort of told they've got a small knock and then it's three months later and they're still not back. And it just seems to drag on and on and on. Obviously that happened with John Nolan here. So some, sometimes it will just happen. It's not a, it's, it's, like I say, it's not an exact science, is it? And it will happen. But it, it, with, with the amount of games that you have and the, the turnaround between them, it, it, it doesn't bother me, this red zone thing, if players aren't ready to play and you think, and the medical team concludes that this player should be rested if it's not, unless it's a playoff final, then you've just got, you've got to follow that advice because the season isn't one game long, is it? It's forty it's forty six games long, and you've got to make sure you can have the the best team for as many for as many games as possible, and and also it's for these players' careers. Like Wes Burns has missed games a couple of times when he was um, sort of had minor knocks, and he, they, we didn't want to risk him, and that's what you've got to do, isn't it? And every player is totally different; their bodies are different, and. I'd say it's very important that we have this performance squad and i say I think Andy Rolls mentioned that something like eight, we've got like 88% availability of players and the Champions League teams work towards 86% and mm. I don't I don't know what that would have been in previous seasons but it feels like it's been higher this season yeah well it seem, seems like an exact science now at least and also um, it feels that um, at the start of the season it took us a long time there's a lot of players that didn't didn't play many games at the start of the season that sort of came into the team and Lee Evans missed pre-season and missed a lot of the start. George Edmondson missed a lot of the start. Mm. Christian Walton missed a few. And hopefully this year, when everyone's had the full pre-season, we, we have that sort of strong team from day one. We're not having to bring players back and forth. Indeed. Another good question. Jonathan Hayden, which of the current low knees would you like to sign permanently we've spoke spoken about Backinson I think that that one definitely makes sense doesn't it and I think people are starting to warm to Dominic Thompson aren't they yeah um yeah I think he's been good it's just hard to know what is the what is the career plan for Dominic Thompson from Brentford has he had his chance there and now they're going to look to move him on or is this very much a development loan we can mm. say to, we, we don't know that if if he's available for a cheap fee you take him if they want two and a half million because they see him as a star of the future, then no thanks. We'll find someone better. Again, probably the same with Macaulay Bond. He's, like I say, I, I, 
he sort of played himself out of a he played himself out of a move initially in the season because he would have been too expensive, <laughs> and now he may have played himself out of a move the other way. Yeah. But I say if, if you could get him for a nominal fee and sort of wages befitting a sort of starter rather than a star, I think I think you would sign him. I'd I'd, I'd like to see him here. I think he's yeah. been a good player generally. I know he's yeah. sort of had sort of goal scoring issues recently, but he's still. I say Oxford, he came on, looked really good there. Mm. Burst at Selena, yet you'd sign him in a heartbeat every time. Yeah. And then, is there anyone else? I can't think of any other lone players. We've signed Walton, who was one of them, obviously. Mm. Yeah. Hit hit the like button on this YouTube video if you'd like a new contract for a Luco. That's, that's why I'm surprised he hasn't been offered it already. Are you, Joe? Yeah, but I, I don't think they've spoken about contracts yet. You just... I say you don't know with Sonny, do you? Because he's a he's obviously a very sort of intelligent, worldly footballer, isn't he? I don't know if yeah. he has moved down here or I see him driving his Bentley to the training ground every now and again. So <laughs> I don't know how far he's coming in from. But like you wouldn't be surprised if he wants to go out and be the president of the Nigerian Football Federation or mm. something, something along those lines. He's he's clearly got he's clearly a very intelligent guy, but maybe He's well. It sounds like he's enjoying working with Kieran McKenna, and McKenna's great um, having him about. So there's there's every chance it could happen. But I, I just think he's one of those ones where he's either going to go and do something totally different, or go and play somewhere else because he's um, wants to do something himself, or will go the other way. Hmm. Yeah, we've got we've got some comments on these. Lee Renshaw says a Luco twelve month contract with an option at the end. I think. I, I think, think you're probably right, Joe. Yeah. It, from our perspective, it's a it's a no brainer, and he's he. I think he probably will stick around unless, like you say, he has got this grand plan that mm. is coming into fruition at the end of this season. Who knows? I hope not. Um, FPL Tractor thinks that Backinson will be signed. He's getting better, but he's not so sure on Thompson. Lee Renshaw also. Doesn't fancy Thompson, but Neil rightly says Thompson was decent on Saturday. Bond seems unlikely now, says FPL Tractor, unless he scores six in the next few. Um, so Thompson's been part of this defence, which has not conceded a goal effectively for mm. 10, 15 games. And I know he's maybe not, he's not got as much in the attacking side as um, Wes Burns, but they were talking last night about how we we have a four and a half man defence effectively. We have... We don't have a five-man or a four-man defense. It's it's a total switch between it, and I, th- I think he's I think he's done a decent job. He's, he looks slightly better going forward, but we'll see. But yeah, you, he's not someone you you if if we signed oh yeah good we signed him he's done well you you wouldn't be not say the difference between signing Walton or signing Selena mm. is night and day, isn't there? Yeah, but sometimes it is these these sort of quiet signings that people don't get too excited about that that do. Do come good. Bowles Barley says 500k for Bond, no more. Do you think that would be enough to get him, Joe? I, I don't know. I don't know, to be fair. But I don't think he's sort of going to go and play in the championship for QPR, is he? So, whether, whether I think he'd be able to be got, but I don't think you're going to, you're not going to break the bank to get him, are you? And something like that, maybe even a little bit less. Hmm. Tom Lane wonders whether Piggott, Norwood, and Bond are McKenna Ball type strikers what what do you think a perfect Kieran McKenna strike would look like do you think maybe a a Caden Jackson that can hold the ball up a little bit better well we seem to have he, he, he likes sort of a Jackson who can get in behind doesn't he for a team that plays a high line so that's why Norwood started last week because I think he said that he wanted someone to get in behind and Norwood is the most like Jackson in that regard that he will stretch the defence and run the channels where Bond that's not really his game so I think you're going to want a couple of quick athletic strikers who run in behind and you're going to want a couple of sort of bigger hold-up strikers who can bring players into into the game. Like, And so we, we have got a nice balance in that regard, but I just don't think, like, like Joe, Joe Piggott is just not, not been up to it this season, has no. he? And whether, obviously, he's lost his father and he's had a sort of tough year off the pitch in that regard, but... He, he, he just doesn't look like a McKenna player, does he? He doesn't look athletic enough to get around the pitch quick enough for him. So we'll see how that goes. But ultimately, we just don't know, do we? We don't. Um, 
Biles Barley watching on Facebook has kindly pointed out the other loanee was Tom Carroll, kind of the oh no, he's a one year man contract, a little bit. Tom Carroll. Okay, so but, there, there you go, Biles. Um, a little bit of love. Everyone seems to be a little bit torn on Bon, but I think we could probably say that if he doesn't score between now and the end of the season, we'll all probably be in agreement that we don't fancy him. But if he scores a couple of important goals, who knows? You feel like if he gets a couple, then he'll probably start scoring freely again, won't he? Mm. You know, like I say, if he scores five goals between now and the end of the season, ends the year with what seventeen goals or something, it's been a great signing and a really good player but it's just the fact he scored 11 goals in 11 games and then it's one goal in 20 games it's mm. sort of not even feast and famine is it it's sort of you've just died from the famine you've been on in the second half of the season <laughs> blimey <laughs> uh, Charlie D wants to know what are our top earning players on these days it's about 10 grand a week isn't it I think yeah I think someone like Sam Morsey would be north of that as well I don't know what Christian mm. Walton but yeah there's some there's some big wages being paid paid for this league, mm. no doubt. There was a question a little bit earlier on, if I if I can find it from from bits about about the debt that some of these clubs are getting into and whether our owners will fancy paying like paying the wages and here we here we are. Do wonder when listening to the Price of Football podcast how much debt the owners are willing to take when we have teams like Borough and Blackburn having a good year losing twenty million plus. Yeah, well, one of the things that sort of is mentioned on the Price of Football and on the sort of Athletics Business of Sport podcast with Matt Slater, that's also a really good listen, is that Americans just think that English football clubs are just massively undervalued. And the fact you can get, like, if you want to buy an MLS club, for example, you're at about a million, uh, sorry, it's almost close to, a, what, like a hundred million pound or I don't know. I don't know why I've started saying figures. Because I don't know it, but it's it's a ludicrous <laughs> amount of money just to get an MLS team, or might even be close to like five hundred million dollars just to get an MLS team. And what? And even like these Rhode Island teams and Phoenix Rising, you're probably a hundred million dollars just to get the a team in USL, which has no coverage, never going to make any money. And you can pick up Ipswich for thirty million, spend a hundred million on it, and almost turn it into a. You could you could be in the Premier League for that. So I think they just see it as the American sports market is just so expensive and the English football market is, is the it's the biggest league in the world, but it's it's quite cheap as well. So if you can get a team and turn it into a Premier League team, you you've sort of aced out and if and if you don't, well you'd have only spent that much buying a buying a, a USL team anyway. So yeah. it's it's quite it's quite strange. But I, I think there is just that thing about how just the Americans that, that all the buyers are American at the moment because there's just no money to be made in their market and they think there is here. Mm, yeah, it's, it's an in, interesting one. As as is this one, Joe. Just revisiting the the academy pathway. Um, Tom Lane says, "I think the worry over the academy situation is the lack of coverage it gets." Yeah, pathway conversation is fair, but how many town fan, fans could name multiple under twenty three players without looking at a lineup? It's getting harder to do, isn't it? Because there's not that many senior players in it anymore. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. And I think Tom sort of did a lot of work at the start of the season, putting the sort of loan reports up and trying to follow that. But I think by the end, it just becomes too much when there's not there's not a huge amount of engagement for it. And mm. I'd, like I said, I'd do the Academy Twitter account and really I've, I've stopped doing that almost. I, I, I do it a little bit here and there, but we just... I don't know, there's just so little coverage of it and you can't get up to the training ground to watch the games at the moment and there's no sort of one of 23 games at Portman Road and there's just... I know the last the last few games, they have sort of put a report on the website for the under-23s game and they've spoken to normally Elkin Baggett as the captain after the game and they do seem to be a little bit more media push on that but it needs to be much more. Bristol City... I think they show most of their games live on their Robins TV and mm. QPR when they're in the championship and, and still do now, but they, they show their under 23s games and, and they really, they really should be more behind it because there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a huge amount of talent in there and people do like watching it, but there's, I know it seems that they just rely on sort of the goodwill of people to push the yeah. message around and they rely mm. on people like TWTD to to say when there's matches coming up. And yeah. Like I say, if, I, skip, skip intro us here though. Maybe town TV would change that. And yeah. Yeah. Maybe I don't it would, think then. that's tongue in cheek. And I, because if, if there is going to be a, an in-house TV channel, 
that mean that they will have to have a bigger media team. Therefore, they'll they'll be able to put people at these reserve games and the under twenty threes game because they're probably they're spread too thinly at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, well, they they started showing the games on Facebook, didn't they? A lot of the games, but only when they were at Portman Road as as opposed to um, at Playford Road. But it just seems, I know it seems a missed trick for me, but then. I don't think people are maybe as well. People aren't as interested in it as I am, and maybe, maybe they wouldn't get the watches. But I think you, you, I think you just owe it to these boys to give them a platform to showcase their talents. And like the under 18s there, I think they got knocked down into third in the league because Colchester won yesterday. But they're in the final of the under 18 sort of category two cup, which is at Portman Road on the 26th of April. Again, TWTD put that out there. Ipswich haven't put that out there. They're sort of a in the Suffolk Cup, the under-18s, they it's sort of more like an under-16 team with a few under-17s. They beat Walsham and Willows in the semi-final of the Suffolk Junior Cup on Monday night. They play Sudbury in the final of the of the Cup on May the 5th at Colts United's ground. Again, nothing about that has been mentioned by the club anywhere. And I don't, I maybe you just need to give people opportunity to it. You need to push these games a bit more yeah. to see if people do turn up to them. And I know... Andy Rolls said yesterday about the COVID at the training ground, how they're not going to change any protocols or restrictions. And so that's why people aren't out allowed in to watch the games at the moment. But I think they, they, they do need to loosen up because we're, I think we're probably one of only two category two teams where they're not allowing fans in yet. And mm. there, there must be a way that we can make that work without sort of the fans crossing it over player areas or yeah. anything like that. But it's, I don't know. I think it's important and I think it's, just a little bit taken for granted sometimes. Yeah, indeed. I'm going to um, start reading some of our plugs now, um, but this isn't this isn't signalling the end. We're, me and Joe are going to stick around for a little bit longer. But please do check out Rich and Phil's interview with Mark Ashton. And if you can't get enough of Rich, he'll be back alongside Seb for the pre-match show, looking ahead to two massive games this weekend. First up, of course, Saturday 3 o'clock is Ipswich against Cambridge. I believe Cambridge has sold out their away allocation. It's going to be another big crowd. They're also going to look at ITFC women versus Southampton, the biggest game of the season so far for the ITFC women team. There's going to be an interview with Kieran Stanley and also up-and-coming reporter Maddie Reader, who will be chatting to Rich about her game too, um, which, and I believe... That's this weekend, the the Her Game 2 campaign. So, yeah, Ipswich against Southampton. That's a huge one at the Gold Star ground, isn't it, Joe? It is, yeah. And that could be the title decider. I think that at the moment, Southampton have a number of games in hand. And if they were to win all their games in hand, they would overtake us. But if we win this game, then even if they win their games in hand, they wouldn't be able to catch us. Mm, huge. And there's also going to be an instant reaction uh, on 6pm on Saturday following the Cambridge game. And Ben is in the hot seat for the flagship show. He's going to be joined by the cricket lovers, Craig and Dave, who have promised they're going to talk about football as much as they talk about cricket. And yeah, while I'm plugging this and looking for another question, please do hit the like button on on this one. Let's talk about the, the here and now, Joe. We've spoken a fair bit about the past. We've spoken a fair bit about the future. But let's talk about the team and we're not we're not out of this season quite yet are we mh says we have two tough games rotherham and wigan we can maybe afford to drop points in one of them surely we can still do it we can there's six games left but we're probably going to need to win for at least five of them i think if we don't win five of them we've got no chance and sort of five wins and a draw probably just about gives a coin flip chance to get in there but we've got a huge amount of work to do with what's going on above there. I just hope that we can beat Cambridge this Saturday. We can beat Shrewsbury next Saturday. So that when it comes to that Easter weekend, we do still have a chance because there'd be nothing worse. And like I say, if we, if we don't beat either, if we don't beat either of those teams, realistically, we're going to be out of it by the time Easter weekend rolls around. Like I said, we want to be, we want to be rolling into sky Saturday morning, watching it at sort of the lunchtime kickoff with us having one three in a row. Mm maybe up to sort of seventh in the table, looking at looking at the teams over, ahead of us in the playoffs, thinking if we can win this, then we, we've got a real chance. And, we, and like I say, Wigan's moved to Tuesday night. If anything, that might help us with the sort of atmosphere the night games tend to have. So 
we just we just got we just got to do our job, don't we? And every team we play at the moment, we're the better team in the game, but we just got to make sure we win those games because we're not we're not scoring enough goals to nail on nail on win these games, are we? No, we're not. Tom Tom Lane, there's so much potential if they put focus on it. Eight wins in a row. Yet their Sheffield Wednesday win last week was here's the team kickoff, half time, full time. Um is he yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh the Academy Charlie D says turn it into a product and sell it to us. Bit says build a package where you can get season ticket and access to the women's under twenty threes and under eighteens online. That would be good, wouldn't it? But probably looking season after next aren't we for that kind of thing joe yeah well i say you don't know how long this this town tv that mark ashton spoke about is going to be and if we if we can get something like that there's there's, there's not that much content to fill so if, if you did have that you would have to show the sort of under 23s games and under 18s games because if you didn't you, you don't there's, there's not much more to do is there what one half hour preview show a week that'd be about it hmm Skip Injury says we should be promoting the under 23s and under 18s as much as we are pushing the women's team. But it, it's, it's, I don't know if that's aimed at Blue Monday or whether that's just aimed at the, at the media or the club. But as Joe says, it, it's difficult when you can't, you can't get to the games. Whereas the women, you can go to the Gold Star every other Sunday and watch, watch brilliant football. Yeah. And, and also, even, even on us as a podcast here, we don't we don't get much engagement speaking about the under twenty threes and under eighteens. If if I was to do if this was to be an under twenty threes and under eighteens live Q and A tonight, the numbers um the numbers would be low. People wouldn't listen. We'd we'd get a lot less listeners than what we'd normally get for for something like this. And and I think it's one of those things that you hope that ev- you hope that everyone is as interested as you are in. But I, I don't think that's really the case. I, mm. I think that if more games were shown live and more highlights and you could you build buzz around things a little bit more but i think that's about it really excellent just just before we go i'll chuck a couple of transfer rumors at you if oxford fails to get promoted then matty taylor would be ideal not sure about his contract situation but a decent offer might prize him away i guess that depends on whether oxford are still in the same league as us doesn't it joe mm. i think they want to sign james norwood in the summer as well so mm. maybe maybe they'll end up as a strike force there but if 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 we went if we went after a player like that with the, what we pay compared to what Oxford pay, we would be able to attract them on the sort of financial terms. But it's just whether we whether that's the sort of player we want to get. He's a bit older now, isn't he? Daniel Hillman. Earlier in the week, we'd be linked with Salford striker Brandon Thomas Santi. Is there anything in these rumours that might be people putting two and two together because of the the, the McKenna connection with with Salford? No, yeah, no, no idea on that one. He did, he did say last, he did say along those lines last night, didn't he? Effectively, that people put two and two together, and it's not something there. But you, you wouldn't expect him to say anything different, would you? Mm. And skip intro. I did think that it says it's aimed at the club, not a blue Monday. Um, thanks for clearing that up. Rich says Town TV will be season twenty three, twenty four due to the EFL digital agreement in place for another year. So. Yeah, there's going to be more eye follow for us next year, isn't there, Joe? Can't wait. But Mark Ashton did mention about the sort of camera angles that Pompey have four cameras on their eye follow games where we just have the one. So hopefully that will be something that we get a better eye follow coverage next year. I'd mm. say some games like Charlton, they have a little studio where they do a little bit of sort of um, chatting about the game before it goes live. They have a guest in there, sort of Chris Powell or someone someone in there just to chat about the game for half an hour. That would be nice sometimes because you, it doesn't feel like an event watching a game on iFollow, does it? You sort no, of you do, it doesn't feel like you're getting your money's worth. Even when it's a good game, it feels feels ridiculous paying £10 for... And yeah. You don't get any... Because you can pay for an, a Now TV pass, can't you? I know that's this is a completely different thing, but Now TV to watch Sky Sports for 24 hours costs yeah. less than that. And you think of all the coverage you get for that money. Yeah, well, like I say, you can. I think there's like it's like a weekend pass you can get for nine ninety nine sometimes, can't you? And mm. so for the same price, we get one badly filmed League One game. You can get three Premier League games, NFL, cricket, golf, a couple of EFL games, and you get and all produced better, all with sort of proper shows around them. You can get that for the same price as you get one poorly produced EFL game. And and whilst you say it's not the same thing, well, it is really, isn't it? Because it's ten pound. It's the same price point for buying the ability to stream live sport. 
Right. This is this has been excellent. Thanks everyone for all of these fantastic comments and questions. You really do make the show watchable, hopefully. Bits says, we'll spank Cambridge this weekend. Five goals, I say. What do you say, Joe? I, I think we'll win, but I'd be I'd, I'd be surprised if we scored five goals. I'd be annoyed if we scored five goals because I think you want to save some of them for later games. So <laughs> I'd be happy with three. Yeah. Should, should we just quickly ask but in the comments, just quickly chuck in your your score predictions. Hopefully we're not treading on the toes of the pre-match show, which, of course, you can watch on Friday. It says, who's at, who's at Man U that we could sign? I think somebody earlier suggested maybe Marcus Rashford could resurrect his career up front for Ipswich. Yeah, it'd be a good marquee signing as well, wouldn't he? So yeah. Maybe Gareth Bale. I know he's not at Man United, but as, if you want a big signing, someone can take a good corner. Hmm. <laughs> Bits has gone for 6 0 down now. So he's. I've drink what Bits is drinking. Yeah. He's <laughs> gone for 5 Thank- to 6. By the time we get to the weekend, it'll be about 15 0. <laughs> Stephen Stephen Beale says six nil. He's raising a beer. FPL tractor two nil. Chaplin and Bon. MH two nil. That seems like a popular score. BB. Oh, look at that pizza. Two nil. Patrick Wilmot three one. Three nil. Nobody's predicting nil nil draws now, are they, Joe? No. Charlie D two one. Here we go. Super stuff as always, gents. Thanks, James. One hat trick on Saturday. We'd take that, wouldn't we, Joe? I'd take I'll it two 0 I'd take any win, really, because that's all we've got to do at the moment is just win. But you want a dominant performance, and you and you want to score a few goals, don't you? Because that is you want you want to prove that you can score goals almost to ourselves as much as anyone, and get some confidence running through the side. Absolutely, four 0 Rich says, please put a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. I don't know if I've mentioned that at any point. <laughs> uh, we've got a 3-1, a 4-0 Morsi hat-trick. Has to be 1-0 again. Oh, my mum's watching. 2-1, Upper Town. <laughs> Andy Gray, 5-0 Town, Bond hat-trick. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Joe, any last words from you before we say goodnight? No, um, there, is, there is one thing that I need to mention, but I, I've forgotten about so far, but one of my friends, James Dunkley, is walking from Cambridge to Ipswich for the game on Saturday in aid of each charity foundation. I will get Rich to tweet the link from the Blue Monday account and I'll make sure that they speak about it on the Friday show as well because he's doing that just for just to try and raise money for each. There's no sort of specific reason why he's doing it other than just wanting to help out and sort of do it help out a really good charity and one that's sort of will be close to anyone's hearts that's had any contact with it excellent good luck to him thank you very much joe thanks everyone for watching goodbye It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.